In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You are advised that any view expressed by the host or their guest are not necessarily the views of the owners or management of Toginet Radio, Togi Entertainment, or the Owners Group, Inc. Is I'm not the woman I used to be. I'm free with Minister Diane Jones. Ladies, this is the show that's here to give you stories of hope and healing from someone who has been there, someone who has fought back from the horrors of incest. Minister Diane's innocence was stolen from her in the land of alcoholism and mental illness, which led to her being emotionally, physically, and sexually abused by her parents. Yet, in spite of the trauma of her early years, she went on to become a successful wife, mother, registered nurse, and minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Plus, she's a virtuous woman who can help you find that woman in your life. Don't let the weight of this world or things that happen to you control your life. This is I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm free on Toginet. And now, here is your host, Minister Diane Jones. Hello again. Happy Monday to you people. This is your host, Minister Diane. Hope you're doing good. We're doing good out here on the East Coast. And having said that, I'm going to let you know that um, I've got a heavy topic for you tonight. It's a topic that you don't hear much about, at least I don't hear much about. It's still in accordance with our mission. It still relates to um, the effects of sexual abuse. Um, It may be provoking. It may be provoking to some of you, and it may come as a welcome to others. But I need to remind you that um, I will be coming from the biblical perspective because I am a minister, I'm not coming from my opinion or um, what's politically correct or society's opinions, but I'm coming to you from a biblical perspective, and God's ways are not our ways. Um, And his thoughts are not our thoughts. So for some of you, it might be it might be a little bit of a stretch to, to, to hopefully grasp where I'm coming from and what and what I'm trying to convey. So what am I going to be talking about tonight? Well, I'm going to talk to you about the biblical perspective of bringing children into this world outside of marriage. Now, of course, I'm not referring to the result of rape, you know, or or something like that, something against your will, rape or or incest. I'm not referring to something that is against an individual's will, but I'm talking about the practice of um, fornication, you know, sex outside of a marriage relationship, and the result of that often is illegitimate children children born outside of marriage. It may shock you to hear what the biblical perspective is on this. 
And I was thinking about this as I was, uh, even in my own life, I was looking back and trying to remember, you know, and, and I can recall a time when people used to really have strong views about this, you know, people people felt strongly about it it was not the way it is now it was not so acceptable it was not widely acceptable it was not um just a part of the mainstream of society you know um if it uh, sadly the child the child was not at fault so sadly you know the children often bore the brunt of that um how should I say that negative, um, the negative uh, connotation or the aspects of this, you know, the, the children often bore that the brunt of that. But the but the fact was that society frowned on illegitimate illegitimacy. They frowned on illegitimate children, and and um, I believe that that probably did stem from the biblical perspective, I believe, you know, because at one time, I mean, this, this, this nation was actually founded on biblical principles, and somehow we have gotten far, far, far away from that. So for a person to talk now about illegitimacy in a negative light probably upsets people, might be a little bit upsetting, but... Oh, well, you know, the fact that we've let it go unchecked and we don't talk about it, I think, has only only contributed to the widespread acceptance of this. And you know what? Just like so many other things that the Bible classifies as sin, just like so many other things, the effects of it are still prevalent. The effects of it are still harmful. The effects of it are still harmful to that child. But for some reason, society says, even so, we don't frown on it anymore. You know, it's like we, we somehow think that we can do one up or we can do better than God's plan um, and legitimize things that he says are not good. So anyway, before we get started, get your tea. That's right. It's tea time. Get your tea. Out here, it's getting warmer. So pretty soon I'm probably going to have to switch to iced tea of some kind. But for now, I'm still drinking my hot tea, and I'm drinking some chamomile tonight. Chamomile is supposed to help keep you calm and relaxed, you know. Not that I'm uptight or anything, but (laughs) I figured I would just have me some chamomile tea tonight. So let's see. Um, I wrote, there's a chapter in my book. One of my books, uh, the book on overcoming sexual abuse, and the chapter is called New Mexico. And so that is where I'm taking my topic from tonight is the chapter in the book. So I'm going to start by just reading some of this to you. And I have to say that even when I wrote this, it was something that I hadn't given much thought to myself in a long time. Hadn't just hadn't thought a whole lot about it in a long time, so it kind of even had me um, cringing a little bit. But I was like, "Oh my God!" You know how how often we just we um, we veer from what from what God 
demands and commands and what he says is good for us. You know, how far have we gone? So anyway, here we go. Let me read. Just recently, I heard from a long-lost brother. He is my half-brother. I'd spoken with him once on the phone years ago. He called this time because he wanted to catch up with me. He wanted help filling in the blanks, the gaps concerning his life, because he did not know our father. He asked if I knew much about our father. Let me explain. When we lived in New Mexico, my father cheated on my mother again. His actions resulted in the birth of this brother. It was years before I learned of him, so I was cheated out of a brother. My brother was cheated out of a family, a solid foundation in life, his history, and much, much more. I had to decide in that moment how much to tell him at one time because I knew what I knew was not pretty. What I knew of my father, of our father, was not pretty. I was concerned, even troubled, as I realized that the effects of my father's actions were still being felt among us 43 years later. When I told my sister of this call and conversation, who was also a half-sister, um, she cried. She expressed the same concerns that I did. We were still dealing with things that our daddy did years before, 43 years later. We're still dealing with the effects of our father's actions. I was more convinced of my belief that sexual sin cannot be covered or hid. It will remain and it will stain every life it touches unless it is covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. You know, I know that um, sometimes in some families and in some histories, Perhaps a child was born out of wedlock to a woman, and she met a man who uh, loved her enough and who was willing to take that child as his own and raise that child as his, as his own. And therefore, in society's eyes, and biblically even, remove her shame, you know, remove her her shame, and not only remove her shame, but basically rescue that child from a life of possibly poverty, from a life of a negative stigma, you know, from a life of lack and um, just not knowing your origin. You know, for a lot of men, that is very traumatic even now, even in this day and age now, there are 
many, I, I feel there are many, there are lots of angry men, there are lots of angry boys um, in the prisons, and some maybe who didn't end up in prison, but yet they, they, they're angry because they never knew their fathers. And therefore there's like this big, this, this vast gap. There's this gap in their understanding of who they are and where they came from and having nothing to connect or relate to. We'll pick this back up after the break. Has a tragic past shattered your future or your now? Don't let it. This is I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm Free with Minister Diane Jones. And we'll be right back after these. We'd like to thank our sponsor, Liberty Christian Center, located in Box Elder, South Dakota. They are a non-denominational, Bible-based, Holy Spirit-led deliverance ministry. Pastor Charles and Romika White, Liberty Christian Center. Christian work-at-home moms, here is your own show on Toginet. It's CWAM, Christian work-at-home moms, with Jill Hart. And Diana Innan, Thursdays at 10 a.m. Central on Togginet. Um, I'd love to share with you just a little bit about how CWAM can help you, whether you are new to the work-at-home world and just starting out your search, or whether you've been working at home for a while and are looking to grow your business. Jill Hart is the founder of Christian Work-at-Home Moms, CWAM.com, and co-author of So You Want to Be a Work-at-Home Mom. Jill has worked from home from 2000 and started her home-based business to assist other Christians who desire to work from home while maintaining a godly life. And Diana Ennett with virtualwordpublishing.com. I really, truly want to see you succeed. want to share the joy that I have in being home with my kids and being able to build my own business. And she's ready to help you now. Christian Work at Home Moms with Jill Hart and Diana Ennett. Thursdays at 10 a.m. Central on Toginet. Thank God I am free. I am free. Welcome back to I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm free on Toginet.com. The show dedicated to helping women find their way back to themselves after innocence was stolen by incest and abuse. Helping you heal. It's what we're all about. It's I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm Free on Toginet. And now, back to your host, Minister Diane Jones. Yes, this is Minister Diane Jones, and we are dealing with a very heavy topic tonight. Um, Before I continue with that topic, I want to remind you uh, to... Make sure you purchase your copy of Overcoming Sexual Abuse by Minister Diane Jones. Um, It was inspired, this was inspired by the Lord. Um, He he pretty much just um, poured it into me like like he did my first book. It just kind of came out on the pages, and I I just wrote as it it came to me, but... um, In this book, I talk about the fact that millions of people are sexually abused each and every day, not just by rapists, 
child molesters, pedophiles, but by choice and through lifestyle preferences and what I'm talking about tonight even, you know, uh, bringing children into this world outside of marriage to me is a consequence of sexual abuse. It's another form of sexual abuse. Why? Because you're abusing what God created sex for. People, you know, when they do this, they are abusing what God created sex for. He created sex to to allow us to procreate, but he intended for that child to come into the world with the security of a mother, of a father, of a family unit. And because of sin and because of all of the ugly, devastating things that come into play in life, you know, um, things happen, things happen, and then sometimes it's people making choices to just do their own thing and not be responsible and not care about that child and what they're subjecting that child to. So here we go back to our subject. There are a lot of angry men, angry boys, angry teenagers, because they don't know their fathers because they they never had the opportunity you know opportunity to know their fathers in some situations you know they may be fine as boys even if they were let's say they were adopted let's say mom found a new a new man and he married her and a lot of times that that uh, that young man will accept that new father especially as a boy but then as he grows up, he'll still come to that place of, of having to deal with that conflict within him. You know, something in him still wants to know and wants to understand why my father wasn't around. Why uh, didn't he love me? Why wasn't he there for me? And a lot of men have issues serious issues because of that. Not to say that they can't have issues with the fathers who are there because that was my that was my situation. My father uh you know married my mom and I was I was part of that union and and hey yes we still had issues. Um and he still uh was abusive and the whole nine yards but I'm that doesn't that doesn't mean that the abuse of illegitimacy is any less. You know, doing it the opposite way doesn't make it any better or make the trauma any less. In defense of my father, I must say he was also a bastard. Now, I hadn't used that term yet. I hadn't used that word yet because, you know, I don't even like to use the, use the term, but... Um, not, I'm not talking about the slang sense of the word, but in the biblical sense of the word. The word bastard is listed in the Strong's Exhaustive Concordance in two different ways. So it's the Strong's Exhaustive Concordance is basically um, a biblical concordance where it breaks down and explains the different um, you know, words as they were translated in Hebrew and translated in Greek in the Bible. And so I found it in the Strong's Concordance in two different ways. Um, the first way, if you, if you have a concordance and you want to look it up, the first way is number 4464. And it says, 
bastard from an unused root meaning to alienate. A mongrel, for example, born of a Jewish and a heathen mother, okay, that was one definition. So biblically speaking, if a child was born, and, and, and of course they were more concerned about men at, at, uh, during those times, but if he was born to a Jewish man and a non-Jewish mother, he was considered a bastard, okay? And then the other word, the other form of the word that I found was 3541, of uncertain affinity, a spurious or illegitimate son, okay? So that, those are the two definitions that I, that I researched and I looked up in Strong's and you know, I didn't even I didn't even look up uh, Webster's, which a lot of times I do. I could probably do that while I'm on the air. Look it up. But anyway, I think we're getting the picture. Um, the latter definition is the one I'm referring to concerning my father. I'm not using that as a slang word to curse him out or to say ugly things about him. But I'm saying that. As far as I know, he grew up without his father. He grew up without knowing his father. Um, his father wasn't married to his mother, his mother. And I know for certain that he had issues, that he had issues growing up in life because of that. I know that before he even, um, you know, uh, started a family with with my mom that he had issues he had issues with um with uh sexual morality and like I said I had half brothers I have other half brothers and sisters before he even married my mom um that were also born out of wedlock so it's it's like a generational thing you know, often it becomes a generational thing. Often it goes from one generation to the next. Now, fortunately, some people can, can manage to break that generational cycle, just like in my own life. I decided that the things that happened to me, I was determined that I would not allow them to happen to my daughter, that I would not be the kind of uh, mother that that I had that I had um so some people do that they say well you know uh, no matter what I will never leave my family I will never leave my children because that's what happened to me that's the way I was raised and so some people do that but a lot of other people do the very same thing they can't seem to break the generational curse and they continue to act out and do repeat the very same actions regardless to how difficult and and troubling and painful it made their lives they fall into the same trap and do the same thing regardless of which definition you choose it is clear to me that God takes great offense to men and women having children out of marriage. So much so, in Scripture, he forbid illegitimate sons. Uh, biblically, he, the word was bastards. He forbid 
bastards from being permitted to enter the congregation of the Lord. It says, and I'm going to read it to you, a bastard shall not enter the congregation of the Lord even to his tenth generation shall he not enter into the congregation of the Lord. I was surprised when I found that. I was surprised that that was in there. Deuteronomy 23 and 2. That's what I just read to you. A bastard shall not enter the congregation of the Lord even to his tenth generation. Now, we know that we are not held to the strict standards of the law, and by that I shouldn't say we're not held to it, but I will say that Christ coming and being the propitiation for our sins gave us an escape route, gave us an option because it was apparent after all those years that that the Jews could not keep the law, would not keep the law. So Christ coming on the scene gave us an escape route, gave us, because of his death, burial, and resurrection, he gave us, a, a, shall we say, an easier way. He presented us grace. He gave us grace, and through him, through him, we can find legitimacy. Through him, we can find forgiveness. Through him, the stain of illegitimacy can be washed away. But outside of him, God still sees that as, as a, a as sin. Outside of Christ, outside of Christ's blood, God still sees that as sin because he has not changed. The scriptures tell us that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So just because society has changed its position on it doesn't mean that God ever did. So we need to ask the question, why is this? Why was that so important? That's what I do. When I read scripture, you know, and things that I don't understand, you know, there's been things that have troubled me, things that have seemed unfair. And when I read, you know, I ask the Lord to help me understand. Help me understand your perspective. Um, Doesn't matter if we agree with it or not. But it's necessary for us to come in to, to come into agreement with his standard compared to our standard. And when we fall short, we have the blood of Christ as believers that covers our sins and that we can, you know, ask for forgiveness for falling short. So looks like I'm approaching another break. So I'm going to have to pause and get back into this after the break. I have my opinions about why why this is so strict as far as God is concerned. And after the break, I'm going to share them with you. Okie dokie. <laughs> I think the tunes are coming any minute now. I'm going to sip me a little, cup, a little bit of my tea.
Has the tragic past shattered your future or your now? Don't let it. This is I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm Free with Minister Diane Jones. And we'll be right back after these. Everyday Autism Miracles with Shannon Penrod. Friday afternoons at 2, 1 central on toginet.com. Life after an autism spectrum diagnosis doesn't have to be difficult. It can be joyful, happy, and filled with hope. Join Shannon Penrod, author, speaker, coach, and mom of a six-year-old recovering from autism for this inspirational hour of hope. She's even authored a series of children's autism books with her son, Jim. For more information about the books, Shannon, and Everyday Autism Miracles, go to her website, shannonpenrod.com. From there, you can also get to her other websites, blogs, and connections. On Everyday Autism Miracles, you'll hear stories from parents whose children have made miraculous strides. You'll also get the inside dish on therapies, treatments, supplements, and how to get funding to help you afford them. Miracles abound in the autism community. So tune in for Everyday Autism Miracles to listen, share, laugh, and surround yourself with hope. Everyday Autism Miracles with Shannon Penrod. Friday afternoons at 2, 1 central on Toginet.com. Equipping the Saints Ministries. Our mission is to equip and mature the people God calls to do the things they are called to do with confidence and boldness and to create soldiers for the army of the Lord and to impact our communities. If you are not local, you may participate via conference calls or we can make information available to you via email. Equipping the Saints Ministries is home-based in Maryland. You may write to us at Post Office Box 1616, Clinton, Maryland, 20735. Or email us at vir2us1 at verizon.net. Thank God I am Welcome back to I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm free on Toginet.com, the show dedicated to helping women find their way back to themselves after innocence was stolen by incest and abuse. Helping you heal. It's what we're all about. It's I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm free on Toginet. And now, back to your host, Minister Diane Jones. Hey, it's me, and we're back, and I'm sipping my chamomile tea, and we are talking about a heavy subject tonight, but I think it's a necessary reminder that someone has to try to help influence people to uh, be more responsible in their actions, to refrain from self-gratification if it's going to cost someone else, like the child, uh, suffering, you know, and I decided while I was on break to look up what Webster's definition of that very same word bastard is. And Webster's says it is an illegitimate, illegitimate birth, I'm sorry, an illegitimate child of illegitimate birth, inferior sham, sham, hmm etc so that's interesting interesting the Webster's so these are not words I'm making up you know I'm not making up the words so 
there's no sense getting upset with me. I'm just basically doing a, a teaching, if you will, and discussion on this on this very important topic. Um, you hear so much other stuff on TV and on radio and things that don't edify us or don't help us to make correct decisions, but actually encourage people to continue. Um, you know, on TV, they they might even go as far as to call it, oh, someone's love child, the love child of that affair or that extramarital relationship. It's their love child. Well, we do love the children in spite of what their parents did. It's important to love the children. But should we call it a love child? I don't think so because it doesn't. It doesn't stand up to God's standards. It doesn't stand up to God's definition or his opinion on the matter because there's a lot of trauma and devastation. Um, like I was reading about, you know, my own situation. Here we were 43 years later. This particular brother is calling me because he's trying to put the pieces of his life together because, and he tells me that basically he feels like he was cheated out of a lot. For a long time, he didn't understand why his father chose one part of his family and ignored the other son. For a long time, he thought he was the only one who was rejected. You know, for a long time, he, 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 there was just a lot that he didn't know. And he had gaps and he had issues because of it. So that's just, you know, one situation. Of course, I know other situations and in other people's lives in my, in my circle and how it seems to have affected them. But, hey, we're talking about, you know, the biblical perspective here. So let's see. Personally, I did tell you that I would give you my personal opinion. <laughs> Personally, I believe that that God was pretty stern on this because it had a lot to do with the devastation that lies in the wake of illegitimacy. I mentioned some of those things earlier. Poverty, you know, shame, um, a loss of a foundation and a sense of who you are. Today, this lifestyle is socially acceptable. It seems to be socially acceptable in America. People don't bat an eye about it anymore. They don't seem to uh, fret over it. It's like, oh, well, I mean, some people go as far as to say, you know, I don't need a man to raise my children. I don't need, they don't need a father. Some people take it as far as to say that, perhaps because of bitterness and things that they experienced growing up, you know, maybe from not even having their own fathers around. I was just reading, uh, I was on the website a couple of weeks ago, and I forget uh, exactly what the topic was. It had something to do with sexual abuse of some sort. And the people were blogging and giving their opinions. And there was this one particular lady who was trying to defend the situation. But it was apparent to everyone who kept commenting how bitter 
and how damaged that she was, although she kept saying that she wasn't damaged. She just kept saying that she, you know, her because her father was abusive, because he did the things that he did to them, that this was her perspective, but she wasn't damaged. Well, her perspective was askew. Her perspective was tainted because of the abuse and the damage that had been done in her life. But you couldn't convince her of that. And she was determined to just continue to defend and perpetuate the cycle, though. That, that was the weird part. It's like, okay, wait a minute. You're saying that your dad was no good and he did this and he did that and the other, but yet you're going to continue to make decisions and do things in a way to cause someone else more pain and suffering. Wow. Okay. So anyway, today people, people would rather... You know, there's all kinds of ways of bringing children into the world now. I mean, there's, there's uh, in vitro, there's, um, uh, you, can, you can get some donor, donor eggs and you can get some donor sperm. And, and, and man, when I look at that, I just wonder, what, does, what, does, what is God's perspective on all that? Because if he's, sitting, if he's saying here in the Bible how that a bastard child wasn't even allowed to enter his congregation... I can't, I can't, I can't understand how people can just, well, yes, I can't understand because that's what sin does. Dismiss God totally altogether and they decide now who's going to be born, how they're going to be born, what genes and what genetics they want to put together to create this and that and the other. And in the Bible, lineage meant, was important. Your lineage was important. Well, spiritually, your lineage is important. Jesus came to legitimize all of us. I mean, anyway, let me, let me get back to my notes here because I'm getting off on a rampage. <laughs> I'm getting off on my own little tangent. Today, this lifestyle is socially acceptable in America. Not only is it acceptable, it is encouraged. It's encouraged many times. This is not according to God's plan for mankind. It's not according to God's plan for mankind. Funny how people blame God for all the hurt, all the heartache, and the suffering in the earth. But they do not see that his plan for us did not include the suffering that we see. His pl that was not his plan. That was not his original plan. That's not how he established and set things in order initially. It is the result of sin coming into the earth. It is the result of fallen man. Okay? It is our doing and it is because of the choices that people make. It is because people have choices. God gives us a free will and people have choices to, to submit, to serve, to love, respect, and honor His ways or not to. Yes, birthing children out of marriage is the result of sexual abuse. People abusing themselves, they abuse each other, and they abuse the child when they do this. Why? A child comes into the world with multiple strikes against them when they're born into this situation. Many times. Many times they, they, they come into the world and they already have 
multiple strikes against them. How cruel, how selfish it is to do that to a child. And again, I'm talking about intentional. I'm not, I'm not talking about rape or something like that, but I'm talking about intentional lifestyle choices. How foolish it is to think that anyone could devise a plan better than God's plan to create, nurture, and reproduce his own image. The Bible tells us that we were created, mankind was created in the image of God. Well, now mankind has gotten to the point where they feel like they should decide what image, what image they want to bring into this world. You know, you can pick, you can pick your donated uh, sperm and your donated eggs based on genetics. You know, do you want them to have blue eyes? Do you want them to have brown eyes? Do you want them to be intelligent? Do you want them to have a, this IQ or that? Okay. People are excluding God from the equation altogether. And, and they're deciding what image they want to reproduce in this world. And I'm telling you, the image of man to me is not all that wonderful. I mean, when you strip it and when you take away all the, the fluff, the image of mankind is not all that wonderful to me. I mean, the Bible says we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. And the heart of man is desperately wicked. Who can know it? The depths of what one can do um, is, you know, we, we see it. We see it. The evil that man can do. But yet we want to decide who, when, where, how, you know, people should be born and under what kinds of circumstances and think that our plan is better than God's. Wow. I say it is the spirit of Satan himself that convinces anyone to rebel against God's plan for sex between a man and a woman within marriage with love and harmony in the family unit. What can wash away this sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. That's a song that you don't hear. I don't hear too much anymore, but we used to sing it. You know, we used to sing it, especially on Communion Sunday. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Be back after the break. <laughs> Has a tragic past shattered your future or your now? Don't let it. This is I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm Free with Minister Diane Jones. And we'll be right back after these. The Story of Me is a captivating and inspiring account of a woman able to overcome incest, abuse, and neglect to find a second chance at happiness. It is a story for those who have loved and been rejected, who have dreamt and fallen short, who have survived abuse, molestation, rape, or incest. The story of me is very inspirational 
for those who may see or find themselves in Diane Jones's story. You may purchase your copy of The Story of Me online at www.authorhouse.com or any of the major bookstores. Saturday morning, we're going to count them down one more time from number 40 all the way to number one with the official classic hits countdown, the American Rock and Roll Countdown. We'll count down the biggest hits of the 70s with interviews and artist information, news, weather, sports, you name it, we'll have it this Saturday morning, 9 o'clock Eastern, right here on Toginet for the American Rock and Roll Countdown. The American Rock and Roll Countdown on Toginet. Thank God. Welcome back to I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm free on Toginet.com. The show dedicated to helping women find their way back to themselves after innocence was stolen by incest and abuse. Helping you heal. It's what we're all about. It's I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm free on Toginet. And now, back to your host, Minister Diane Jones. I was singing before the break, and I think I'll do a little bit of that again. (laughs) When it hits me, it hits me. What can I say? What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Amen. It goes on to say, Oh, precious is the flow that makes us white as snow. No other fount I know. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. (laughs) So, yes, we're talking about illegitimacy, bringing children into the world, causing them to be bastards, causing them to come into this world with multiple strikes against them, the uh, anguish that it often causes, the generational effects that it has from one generation to the next if you find yourself in this place i mean don't don't fool yourself don't kid yourself don't tell yourself that it doesn't matter that i mean my goodness society is on a continual decline we are in a continual decline because of the things that we choose to believe you know the rebellion that we choose to to have against God's plan and against God's word. If you find yourself in this place as one who gave birth out of marriage or you are the seed of such a union, God can and will legitimize you. 
God does still love you. Even though he frowns on it, even though he says we should not do it, even though he says that it is sin, he does still love you. That's why he sent his son. That's why he sent his son into the earth so that we through his son might be saved. He will be your father. He will be your, your true father. He will become that father if you want him to be, if you asked him to be, if you claim him as such. Denounce this lifestyle. You know, turn from it. Don't praise it. Don't lift it up. Don't, you know, magnify it in a way of, of, of reverence as though it's something good. Turn from it. Denounce this lifestyle and the sexual sin associated with it because that is what it is. That is what it is. Ask Jesus to cover your sin with his blood, ask him to forgive you. And it's not that that stands out alone by itself. I mean, if we, if we don't know Christ as our savior, if we haven't asked him for forgiveness and repented of our sins, period, we're going to be lost and separated from God anyway. But since this is the topic that we're talking about on this show, I'm just saying, Hey, if you find yourself in that situation, then repent. Repent because you know what? You're going to need the Lord. You're going to need the Lord to help you raise that child. You could, that child is going to need the Lord to help to overcome some of those, some of those ill effects of that situation. So this is why, well, I already said that this is why Christ was born to legitimize all of us, any of us. Well, let me stick with my notes. He came to restore mankind's relationship with the one true God and Father who is in heaven. Before Jesus came along, God had stopped dealing with mankind as a whole. There was hundreds of years of silence where God stopped dealing with, stopped communicating with mankind. Stopped sending prophets, stopped sending men of God, uh, stopped raising up men of God because there weren't any. Because the rebellion was so much, probably a lot like things are now. The rebellion against God was such until he turned his back for a time on the human race. But then, even when he did that, he had a plan for restoring that gap, for restoring that relationship between him and mankind. And that was his son. He foretold of it. He had the prophets in scripture foretell of it. It was spoken of hundreds of years before it happened. So even during that time of silence, God did have a plan already in mind. And that was that he would send his son to be the advocate to be the go-between, to be the propitiation for our sins. He came to restore. Jesus came to restore that relationship with the one true God. According to the word of God, if you are not born a Jew, anyway, you are a bastard. That applies to me too. I was illegitimate until I was born again. 
until I was spiritually born again, until I accepted the blood of Christ in my life and, and over, you know, to cover my sins, then I was illegitimate. God established a covenant and a relationship with Israel. He established a covenant and a relationship with a select group of people. That was the children of Israel, the descendants of Abraham, of Isaac, then of Jacob, who later became known as Israel. He established that covenant with them and any other outsider who was willing to adopt God's ways, then he engrafted in. Well, when Jesus came along, he made it possible so that any other, any other person, Jew or otherwise, could have that same communion and fellowship with God. So if you weren't born a Jew and you accept Christ, now you're engrafted in to the same promises, to the same uh, hope that God gave to Abraham and his seed. Now we have the right to those same promises and to that same hope through Christ Jesus. Okay? So when I was born again, I was engrafted into God's family. When you're born again, you're engrafted into God's family. Whether you were born physically, illegitimate or not. When you're born again in Christ, when you're born again spiritually, when you accept Christ as your Savior and as the Son of God, He washes away all sin. He washes it away. And He minimizes the effects of it in your life. That's wonderful. That's good news, people. <laughs> That's where the hope comes in. That's where the hope that I talk about on the show, that my commercial talks about. The hope is in the love of God. The hope is in the love of Jesus Christ, that he didn't just leave mankind out there to struggle and fend for themselves. In spite of the rebellion, in spite of the sin that came into the earth, he did have, does have a plan for us. And that is the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. My earthly father came into this world like so many others with multiple strikes against him. And I believe, I believe that he tried to make something of himself. He tried to correct his mistakes. I believe he tried to overcome the spiritual and emotional issues in his life. I believe he even tried to be a good father at one time. But he gave up on the only possible means of doing that when he walked away from God and abandoned the teachings of his youth. He abandoned the teachings of his grandmother. I once heard him confess to my mother that he'd been molested as a boy. I'm sure he was tormented by that fact. I'm sure that was a torment to him. He probably harbored that secret until it was too late. He didn't get the healing. He didn't get the, the, the victory over that. His, his issues, the residual from his abuse, not knowing his father or having a secure home, warred with him and got the best of him. 
Don't let that happen to you. I plead with you. I plead with you. I, I just ask you to consider it. Consider what I'm saying. Consider what I'm saying and don't let that be your story. And before I leave the air tonight, I do want to say, and this is something that I don't usually do, one of our faithful listeners um, notified me uh, not too long ago that her son was diagnosed with cancer. And it came as a surprise to the whole family. And it was very recent. And then just Two days ago, I got the news that now he has passed away. And she is, is a very faithful listener, and she emails me um, regularly about the show. And I just wanted to um, ask for you all's prayers. She didn't want me to say her name because this was a very personal issue to her. So I ask you to pray for her and her family. And if there's anyone who would like to contribute financially to their, to their needs, he leaves behind a wife and two daughters. And of course, his extended family, his mother and grandmother and so forth and so on. You can send a donation to our P.O. Box, P.O. Box 1616. Clinton, Maryland, 20735, 20735. And then my name, Diane Jones, and I will make sure that it, they get it, that they will get all of it, every cent of it. Um, so that is something that I don't... I don't, don't usually talk about money much on actually on the show other than trying to get you to buy one of my books <laughs> because uh, even buying the books would just go to support this ministry and the work that we do. Um, we are a nonprofit agency even though we're not government affiliated. So keep our friend in your prayers tonight as we leave the air. Thank you and good night. Thank you.